The first mindfulness training, reverence for life. Aware of the suffering caused by the destruction of life, I am committed to cultivating the insight of interbeing and compassion and learning ways to protect the lives of people, animals, plants, and minerals. I am determined not to kill, not to let others kill, and not to support any act of killing in the world and in my thinking or in my way of life. Seeing that harmful actions arise from anger, fear, greed, and intolerance, which in turn come from dualistic and discriminative thinking, I will cultivate openness, non-discrimination, and non-attachment to views in order to transform violence, fanaticism, and dogmatism in myself and in the world. big training. This is, um, there's a lot packed in here. Um, but if you look at it the way I look at it through highlighters, <laughs> you will see this training is only three sentences long. I broke up this long sentence into a pink and orange highlighter, but that is actually one sentence. So um, I've Looking at these three sentences um, and what each one of them um, is inspiring in me, um, I kind of broke my talk up into just three mini parts of um, what comes up for me with each sentence or what, um, what way I've been practicing with them. Um, so I, I'd like to start with the, the beginning. Um, and the first part of our first sentence, um, which is aware of the suffering caused by the destruction of life. There's part of that that um, comes very natural to me and, and probably very natural to you, um, whether it be the destruction of human life, animal lives, um, minerals. For me, what was what has always been easy is the lives of animals. Ever since a little girl younger than Bela's age, I have loved animals. Um, and maybe starting at the age of six, when we would see animals hit on the side of the road, I would say a little prayer for them. Um, and that has continued on into my adulthood. Um, I've never stopped. And it is amazing to me that in well over 20 years of having this practice, it has never become habitual or something I just flippantly do. Um, it's something I'm always aware of. Every time I see a dead animal, um, 
particularly, you know, on a road trip when you're engaged with, you know, talking to someone or with music, I always pause um, and always feel um, that loss and feel a little bit of sadness. However, just as long as I've been feeling this empathy and feeling the suffering of animals, um, I have been ruthlessly killing insects, just without a thought. I mean, if an insect is in my home or in my vicinity, bye-bye. Um, <laughs> and this dichotomy is so, um, well, I would say strange, but I, I haven't, strange would mean I would have to look at it, and I have not looked at it until the recent eight months. Um, and what caused me to start looking closely at this is, um, and I shared it um, over the summer uh, in our sharing circle, is um, going on, um, I guess, an insect walk. It's like wildlife searching, but it's insect searching with an insect expert. And it was eye-opening. I learned some fascinating fun facts about insects. Um, I'll share just a few here. <laughs> These aren't written down. It's all up here because uh, so fascinating. The crab spider um, hides under plants. You probably have seen it in your garden. They're usually white to a yellow uh, shade, and they um, attack pollinators. And um, the reason that they might be white or yellow is that they have the ability to change their body color over the course of three days to better match the flower that they're on. Unless if they're on a pink flower, then they're just screwed. Um, but white or yellow flowers, they have the ability to change their body color, which is quite interesting. By learning these fun facts about insects, I started to respect them, to honor them, and to start seeing them as living beings, um, which is, you know, embarrassing to say that I didn't see insects as life, but um, I didn't. Um, and now I've had some really special moments with insects. <laughs> I had a moth land on me in the gym during my kickboxing class, and that little guy stayed on me for three pop songs. <laughs> and <laughs> I was just so grateful to have the company <laughs> on my left thigh um, during all those uh, kicks. And um, another time I was, I was working really late um, and I was alone in this large building and um, I was feeling sad for working late, for being alone, for being stressed. And this very creepy centipede walked across the floor and it really scared me. Um, but then even as he scared me, I thought, thanks, man. <laughs> thanks for hanging out. <laughs> and I put a little, little cup over him. And then when I, it inspired me even more to finish my work so that both him and I could leave the building. 
Um, and this year I have rescued and saved three spiders. Um, and I say this year, but I, it's safe to say my entire life I have rescued three spiders. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, I'm not uh, bragging here. I'm sure hopefully other people could brag a far higher number, um, but more honoring that, um, that I've been working with this practice and three spiders have their lives to show for it. And the first spider I saved was a crab spider. Um, and I immediately thought, I looked at him and I thought, wow, you can change your body color in three days. This particular spider looked very skilled. I bet he could do it in two and a half days. Um, and I think an important note is that um, these things haven't been easy for me and that I've had space to make that decision and um, it takes me a long time to put the cup over the spider and to slide a piece of paper under. It, it takes a, a, it's not easy. And so it's just nice to note that the time to practice this is not when a tick is on your head. It's hard to have reverence for life when you're really freaked out. Um, just as it's hard as practitioners sometimes to sit and have the best sit of our lives at the height of a stressful work day. Um, so know that there are, there are times when this practice kind of flows out me a little bit more naturally and there are other times where I give myself a lot of grace and I say, I'm not there yet. Um, I want to move on to our, our second part of this training um, that is in our second sentence. And this sentence, I want to read the whole sentence because um, it's the shortest one of our um, training. I am determined not to kill, not to let others kill, and not to support any act of killing in the world, in my thinking, or in my way of life. I wanted to read that whole sentence out loud because that sentence has stuck with me for five or more years. Um, I would, it would stick with me and I'd have to remind myself of um, the beginning paragraph that Teresa read to us about these trainings, that they are not meant as how-tos or rules but really inspiration and a guide because I would catch myself, um, especially with this training, my initial thinking is I really should become a vegetarian. Um, I really shouldn't eat meat anymore or support the act of killing through my diet. Um, but even if you catch that, I'm saying I should. Oh, I really should. Um, and so I would catch that in my in my thinking of um, you thinking about this training as a rule, as strict rather than inspiration. 
And so instead I allowed myself to really sit with this over, like I said, a number of years. And I remember being on a hike um, with my husband and telling him that I want to want to be a vegetarian and not to do it just because of ideology and just because I think I should. Um, and so I gave myself time and I gave myself no goal or end point. Um, I just allowed that seed to be planted of, well, just think about it, but maybe it doesn't come to fruition because I love meat. I really love the, the taste of meat um, and sustainable um, harvesting of animals. Um, I purposely didn't use past tense right then because I wanted this to be like a mystery of is she a vegetarian or is she not? <laughs> Spoiler, I am now. Um, <laughs> and that took years. Um, and and, the, the, and um, a, a large process. Um, and what I'm grateful with now is that I'm where I wanted to be those years ago. I want to not eat meat. And it's not solely out of ideology or solely out of this um, practice. Um, it's, it feels like a personal, very personal choice. Um, and you might sit with this over just as long as I did longer and might find that's not, a, not the right choice for you. And that's what I love about this training. Um, I also, with this sentence, struggle with um, not to support any act of killing um, because we are Montanans and hunting is a big part of our culture um, and the people that I love in their culture. Um, and how I reconcile that is always recognizing that things aren't dualistic. There's not one right way and one wrong way. And for me, when I honor my friends who hunt sustainably and who honor those animals um, with recognizing their habitats and, um, and by paying for hunting license, they're helping pay for the sustainability of those animals. For me, that feels like a reverence for life, for the animals, but also for those friends, those humans, those hunters. Um, which moves into the last sentence of this training, which, if you don't remember, is the longest sentence because I use two different highlighters to kind of break it up. Um, and I, I feel that the last sentence of this training is helping us look at having reverence for life, respect for life, respect for human life, um, which in some ways you would think would be the easiest to respect the lives of humans because we are humans and it's easier to see all the similarities um, rather than 
seeing how we are similar to lichen or to a centipede, um, to minerals. Um, and so I think while it is in some ways the easiest, I think it also in some ways it's the hardest to show respect for lives of people who are so complex and non-predictable and probably hurt us deeper than lichen ever could. <laughs> Um, so this training asks us the, um, or helps us to say, yeah, people are hard to respect and to love and to, um, treat nonviolently. And it gives us three ideas on how to start cultivating that with openness, non-discrimination, and non-attachment to views. Those are three really big concepts that I just want to point out are expanded upon in the 14 mindfulness trainings. So if you're ever like, it, I feel like the 14 mindfulness trainings are almost like a dictionary for these terms. When you see openness and you're like, what does that mean to cultivate openness? You can like go to that training and it gives you a whole new training for just openness. Um, and I... I can tell you the first sentence and how I've rescued spiders and how I um, have a success story for working with having reverence for all living life. And I can tell you the second sentence and how I've cultivated over years and now I'm a vegetarian. Um, with this third sentence, I have no success story. I am still struggling every day and working every day and cultivating every day to respect all the lives around me um, and the viewpoints around me and people around me. Um, but I will say there's um, one quote that I, that I try to hold on to as often as I can, almost like a mantra because I catch myself. Um, and this quote is something that Leslie Rollins, who was our Dharma teacher at the um, fall retreat, said. And she quoted a woman named Deborah Odell. But when I tried Googling this quote, the only thing that it came up to was Nicole's blog, because she also recorded this quote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure if I'm properly citing this quote, but we both remember it from the retreat. Um, it might come to you. So the quote is, thinking we know a better way for others is a subtle form of violence. Thinking we know a better way for others is a subtle form of violence. I really like that quote um, because I do catch myself starting to think of advice for someone and recognizing that while I think I'm being helpful, it can be a subtle form of violence and not respect. And I look at whether my advice is compassionate dialogue that 
these, the different trainings do, you know, ask us to use compassionate dialogue to even this training to transform violence, fanaticism, and dogmatism in ourselves and in others. But then I pause, I'm like, is giving this person relationship advice transforming violence, fanaticism, or dogmatism? No, no, I don't think so. So um, that's what I'm working on with having respect for others and all of our different walks and way of being and way of living. Um, and way of respecting life. Every, the way that other people respect life looks differently. <clears throat> um, so with that, I would like to, uh, to close with one more fun fact about insects. Um, so ants and aphids have a very unique relationship to one another. Maybe you already know this. Um, aphids are like farmed by ants. Ants will stay around aphids and protect them almost like they're cattle because aphids eat a part of the plant and their excrement or their poop is really sweet and the ants like to eat it. So the ants protect the aphids. Nice synergy relationship. So it makes me appreciate <laughs> ants and aphids. <laughs> Thank you guys for being here and um, and listening to my <laughs> reverence for insects and plants and animals and minerals and people. Um, so we'll be moving into our sharing circle now. Um, this is